From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A vast swath of western Alaska could see flooding and high winds as the remnants of Typhoon Murbach move toward the Bering Sea region. The National Weather Service had in place coastal flood warnings beginning today, spanning from parts of southwest Alaska all the way up to the Chukchi Sea coast in northwest Alaska. The agency warned that water levels in Nome could be up to 11 feet above the normal high tide line and in Golovin up to 13 feet. The Weather Service says damaging winds were also possible, with widespread power outages expected on St. Lawrence Island and communities including Nome, White Mountain, and Golovin. Juno ballot drop boxes opened yesterday as the voting period begins for the 2022 City and Borough of Juno regular municipal election. Ballots were mailed Tuesday to all registered Juno voters at the address on file with the Division of Elections. Voters can now drop off their voted ballots in drop boxes at the Ock Bay Statter Harbor Boat Launch Parking Lot and the Douglas Library Fire Hall Community Building. Drop boxes will be open until 8 p.m. on October 4th. Voters will also receive a copy of the 2022 Voter Information Guide in a separate mailing. The Voter Information Guide includes information on each of the four ballot propositions as well as a sample ballot. Vote centers, where voters can receive voter assistance, request and vote a replacement ballot, or drop off voted ballots, will be open beginning September 19th at City Hall Assembly Chambers and the Mendenhall Valley Public Library. The League of Women Voters, in partnership with Juno Empire, KTOO, and KINY, held a city candidate forum Wednesday evening. The forum featured incumbent assembly candidates Carol Treem, Greg Smith, and Wade Bryson. The three were asked, which ballot measure outcome are they the most interested in? Treem said the mandatory disclosure is going to be the most unpredictable, and she said she thinks there's a lot of misinformation out there. Mandatory disclosure will help lower the property taxes of middle and low-income homeowners because we'll even that out with the higher income properties that, that don't come on the market quite as frequently. I also want to say that Having that information out there in the housing market, this crazy housing market that we've seen, will only help buyers and sellers when they have a full, transparent you know, view of the housing market. They'll be able to make the best decisions based on that and not have that kind of be secretive and kept uh, you know, by the experts who, who will dole that information out when they feel that it will benefit them. So I would urge people to vote against that, uh, to vote no on the mandatory disclosure. Smith advocated for passage of the 1% sales tax extension. A very key one um, is the 1% sales tax. Um, it's asked every five years of the voters, and it is essentially extending the 1% sales tax that we currently have, and it provides funding and money to invest in our community. It has um, deferred maintenance for city and school facilities, docks and harbors, um, development of Telephone Hill, working on the parking garage, the North uh, SOB parking garage, um, energy efficiency improvements in the city, as well as some money, which is kind of unusual for a, for a program, but it's something that we talked about before that's so critical, childcare. So I'm hoping that will be supported and people will vote for the one, extending the 1% sales tax. Bryson urged voters to vote for the bond package for a new city hall.
I've been heading up the conversation as the chair of public works and facilities. Um, and we were responsible with coming up with the best solution for city hall. Uh, we're in an inadequate undersized old building and we pay rent for two thirds of city government operations. Um, I truly believe we came up with the very best outcome, the best product that will provide the longest life uh, for the most Junoites. I uh, strongly ask the community to please support uh, Yes on a new city hall. Juno Hydropower Inc. held a news conference yesterday to announce the signing of a joint development agreement with Tokyo-based energy company Electric Power Development, or J-Power aimed at constructing a hydroelectric development project near Juneau. The Sweetheart Lake plant plans to be constructed on Sweetheart Creek in the Tongass National Forest, about 30 miles south of the city and borough of Juneau. Masahide Inouye, chairman of J-Power USA, spoke at the news conference Thursday. We, J-Power, are the Japanese power company. We have developed, built, and operated a lot of hydropower and transmission line over the past 70 years. Now, we own and operate 61 hydropower plant in Japan. We are the largest hydropower operator in Japan. We also operate transmission line, including submarine lines. We are working with Juno Hydro to develop this project. We would like to contribute to supplying clean power to Alaska. The 19.8 megawatt Sweetheart Lake hydroelectric facility will generate an estimated 116 million kilowatt hour a year. According to JHI's Duff Mitchell, it'll add about 20% new energy generation to Juneau. We will be increasing, depending on the water levels of the year, anywhere between 20 and 25% new uh, power or new, new energy that can be sold and distributed to the community for things like uh, not only district heating, but for shore power, for the continued transformation of uh, our docks to electric so we can bring money in from our tourist industry and plug into the ships in downtown, as well as uh, people that are now putting in heat pumps and moving off of off of diesel. Mitchell estimated that the project schedule is about two to three years. Could be three, depending on when the snow flies, because we have to build a tunnel, and, and the tunnel is 9,621 feet. It's a 15 by 15 horseshoe. So we will drive vehicles up and down that, and we will need to get that tunnel complete before we can bring the construction material up to the dam site. The dam site is roughly a three-month process. However, it needs great weather. Uh, and if you get your tunnel completed in winter, you're waiting to the next year. So, Tim, specifically, it's two years. It could be three. The city and borough of Sitka is looking for seven volunteers to serve on their newly formed sustainability commission. The intent of the commission is to work towards catalyzing a healthy community now and in the future by proposing solutions to environmental, social, and economic concerns of the city and borough of Sitka its partners, and community members. Members will be appointed at the October 11th Assembly meeting. City and Borough of Sitka said applications must be submitted to the Municipal Clerk's Office no longer than noon on Monday, October 3rd.
rentals in Alaska and why rates are increasing was the topic of an article in the September edition of Alaska Economic Trends. Alaska's survey-wide median adjusted rent was $1,276 in March, an 8% increase from the previous year. Trends is prepared by the Alaska Department of Labor, and economist Rob Krieger was a guest on Action Line. We think that low vacancy rates are kind of driving the higher rents, and the factors that we kind of think are kind of making their way into the market have to do with that sort of normal churn that happens with within the rental market. Um, kind of that flow of certain you know vacant units becoming available, people moving, more people moving in, that sort of churn. Mm -hmm. And I think the factors that we're seeing are kind of like throttling back on that normal churn cycle. Another factor is the lack of housing inventory. We know that home prices are kind of at record high levels. We know that inventory is low. Um, interest rates are still fairly low. They're probably going to have a pretty big jump here pretty soon, but interest rates are still low. Things are still affordable, but there's just not a lot out there. So even for people who have financial means to buy a house right now really want one, um, chances are they're just not able to find something they're renting. They're going to be renting for longer now, and that's going to kind of have a, an impact on the number of units that become available. Sitka's rent topped the list at $1,349, and Wrangell-Petersburg was the least expensive at 929 Rental affordability is based on the average monthly wage needed to cover rent. Affordability would mean spending no more than 30% of one's gross income on housing costs. Sitka, for example, had a, a rate of about 31%, meaning that people are paying more percent of their income on rent. Um, does that mean that everybody in Sitka is paying more of that? No, but that really just tells you that Sitka is more expensive than other places. Anchorage is interesting because it's, um, even though that rents there among the highest in the survey, wages are also higher there. So when you look at the percentage that people on average spend on their income, spend on their rent, it ends up being about 25%, which is relatively affordable compared to other places. I see. So that pendulum can come back the other way, too, then. It sure could, yeah, depending on what wages are doing. Mm -hmm. I see. In addition, they wrote that using data from AirDNA, a short-term rental analysis firm had showed that listings on sites for Anchorage, Matsu, Kenai, Fairbanks, Juneau, Kodiak, and Sitka were significantly higher during the second quarter of 2022 than before the pandemic. One of the leading challengers to incumbent Governor Mike Dunleavy accused him on Wednesday of supporting policies that have encouraged people to migrate away from Alaska. The other said opportunity in Alaska is imploding under the incumbent. Independent Governor candidate Bill Walker speaking at a candidate forum in Ketchikan during the Southeast Conference. Alaska is full of pent-up opportunities, but it's imploding with what we see happening with about $30 million in cuts in the marine highway system in the last uh, four years. Uh, we, we are seeing the results of those cuts now with ferries being tied up uh, in Homer and elsewhere because of lack of crews. Uh, schedules being down to bare bones as winter is probably easier to say where who will have service rather than who won't because that list is shorter than who who will have service. So it's it's a long uh, it's a long sad story of of lack of funding on the marine highway system. That's a high high priority. 1,100 teachers short in our state. Uh, no uh, teacher job fair this year for the first time in 30 years because who wants to come to Alaska to be in a part of the system and doesn't have a retirement system. We are seeing the results of what happens when we don't have a fiscal plan. Democratic candidate Les Gara. The easiest thing to say in Juneau is that you're going to cut the budget, but at some point it becomes the dumbest thing. 
you can do. Because right now, at this level, you're cutting jobs. You're cutting the future for people to be able to live in the state anymore. Um, the, except for this one year of, of Russian oil money, uh, um, this state has had a construction and community project budget that is 75% lower than it was in 2014. I've talked about oil revenue getting a fair share. $1.2 billion will go a long way. But that means restoring the construction budget so we can put people back to work again. The 75% cut to the capital budget, that's cost 4,000 jobs. That's what ICER estimates. It's cost us 4,000 jobs. 20,000 more people have left the state under this governor than have moved here. And the capital budget is a big part of that. Incumbent Governor Dunleavy was absent, as was Republican Charlie Pierce. Andrew Jensen, a state employee and spokesperson for the Dunleavy campaign, said to the Alaska Beacon that the governor was attending a groundbreaking ceremony for a solar farm in Houston that will be the state's largest. Jensen noted the state's outmigration pattern began long before Dunleavy entered office, and that during his term, he said the incumbent governor has dealt with a major earthquake, fires, and the COVID pandemic. The general election in Alaska is slated for November 8th. Last week, HB 62, legislation that modernizes Alaska's marriage statutes, became law. Juno Senator Jesse Keel said the law now brings the state closer to ending child marriage. I think that's tremendous. That that puts almost puts an end to child marriage in Alaska. And yeah, the, fourteen the, to sixteen, right? Right, yeah. right. And the and the exceptions that are in there now uh, for younger people really take scrutiny. Um, and so, you know, you you have situations where you have uh, a young couple and one of them is about to deploy, for instance, and, and they want to be married, and 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 those rare exceptions can be accounted for, but functionally, that law ends child marriage in our state. He added that the change is decades overdue. A big truck recall. ABC's Daria Albinger has the story. Nissan is recalling more than 200,000 pickup trucks in the U.S. because they can roll away unexpectedly when shifted into park. The problem is a defective parking pole, which stops vehicles from moving when they're shifted into that gear. Included in the recall are Frontier and Titan pickups from the 2023-2023 model years. Until they can be fixed, owners are told to use the parking brake whenever they park their truck. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.